Hey guys, Lance Zerline here. We're Houston. We're the city of champions. How about I give you another champion? If you suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. They're champions. Free consultations are available 24-7. Dial 713-CALL-NOW. That's 713-CALL-NOW and DaspitLaw.com. Garbage organization, but I can maybe help them out of the gutter. Ping. Ping. Female golfer. Ping. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's John and Lance. I wish Lance wouldn't have ruined the game show that was taking over the nation. here on the bench and joining us now is basketball savant former hip-hop is that artist the name of the show guy with a law degree huh is the bench the name of the show still? i don't know i call it that still uh, john just likes to call it john and lance with dell he's never like giving it a name yeah well he's not here i mean he? the branding says john and lance yeah well i call it the bench okay yeah and joining us now is roosh williams our basketball savant and a guy who is is in a lot of fights on on Twitter with Rockets. Uh, well, it's not fights; it's arguments, it's discussions, discussions. Um, Roosh, take people through who don't maybe aren't familiar with it. We know about Astros Twitter. We're starting to know about Texans Twitter, although that Twitter kind of died off. Astros Twitter is an aggressive Twitter. Rockets Twitter is maybe the most different of all because people have different agendas right they have different factions and and different talking points and narratives catch us up on like maybe the top five narratives from rockets fans who are on twitter what are the narratives from some of the fans some of the active fans who watch every day and are really into the rockets what are the narratives around the rockets right now yeah well hey first of all good morning guys thanks for having me on always happy to talk rockets um you know I think the narrative is really at this stage with the Twitter fan base, and this is how I know I'm getting old. I think the narrative is really surround like the players, you know, um, in, in this rebuild, the team was so bad that there was nothing for fans to latch onto. So they just latched on to individual players. So you take your pick, right? Jalen green, Alperin Shingun. Well, okay. What is Thompson. the, what is the Jalen green narrative? What, are, what, what's the conversation point that's debated? Yeah, so with Jalen Green, if you say anything that's even remotely critical of Jalen Green, basically you get a flurry and a flood of people saying, oh, he's he's young, he's still 21, um, look at Anthony Edwards, look at Devin Booker. I got someone the other day who said, I think his ceiling is Kobe Bryant. And I'm just sitting there like, guys, I don't know how to have this discussion if that's what we're talking about. Because um, from what I'm seeing, you know, I understand not every draft pick hits right away. I understand that linear, that growth is not linear for every prospect. But at some level, we got to have the ability to watch what we're seeing and then talk about it, you know? And when I see Jalen Green, I just see the same player that he was when he entered the NBA as a rookie. Well, that was going to be my question. Two and a half seasons in, he's played 42 games this year. Has there been any discernible growth after watching him play for this long? And you can point to and go, even if you want to be the objective but be positive, to latch on to and say, okay, I see something here. Is there anything like that? Honestly, I, I I don't want to be like Scrooge over here, but no, really no. I, I want there to be something, but I don't see anything, and this is why. Um, he's a streaky shooter, right? He's shooting 32% from three career worst. 
his career three-point percentage isn't good to begin with. Um, there's no development in the handle. There's no development in playmaking. He's just an athlete. He's an athlete that can explode every now and then, and, and every now and then he can go off and use those tools to, to score. Um, but he just doesn't have that extra level that puts it all together. You look at a guy like Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards has incredible handles. Anthony Edwards is making one move, and then when you bite on that move, he's got a counter. And then when you bite on the counter, he's got another counter. Um, you look at Devin Booker. He's got an incredible footwork, and he's got that mid-range shot that when he takes it, you know more often than not, okay, Devin Booker's going to make it. Jalen Green has no such go-to. You know, I just see an athlete that has one move, which is turbo boost, straight line drive to the basket, and that's really it. You know, um, and then he's also kind of undersized for what he's supposed to be. You know, people want to compare him to Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is built like a linebacker. People want to compare him to, you know, Kobe Bryant, Devin Booker. Those guys are six five, yeah, six six. That's crazy to me. I guess the question becomes, you know, I, I think he, his best, unfortunately for him, I think his best basketball will be played out of structure. And that's not yeah. something that you want for a championship level team. It's not something Emu Odoka is going to do. So I do think that he could maybe flourish from a statistical standpoint on another team. The Rockets are not going to give him a second contract. I'd be <clears throat> completely shocked if they did. Uh, if that's going to be the case, to me, you move him. But you're coming up on having to make a decision on what you're going to pay him. If not the Rockets, another team. Is there any chance you think he gets moved by the trade deadline this year? Or do you think it would be if they move him, it'll be after the year's over? Or do you think there's a chance they just let him Walk when he's done. I, I would say the last option would be giving him the money he wants. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know, though. You, you never know with this regime. Sometimes they do some things that kind of make you scratch your head. I could see them trying. I, I think that they have some attachments to the fact that he was the first pick of the rebuild. He's the highest draft pick since Yao Ming, and he's the highest draft pick of the rebuild. They tanked for that kid, you know? I, and, and I think at some point, Rafael Stone is feeling like, hey, i got to justify this draft pick. Um, so losing him would probably be considered a loss for stone individually. And I don't, I don't know how he feels about that. Yeah, but, but Roosh, isn't you know, that me, like, to me, that's not, and, and I know we're kind of speaking on what, what he might may or may not think. So I don't want this to come off sounding too harsh, but if you're, if, if you're in cover your ass mode about a draft pick, then you're not doing what's best for the team. And if I you're agree. not doing what's best for the team, then I got to question you as general manager. You got to always be able to humble yourself on a pick and try to do what you is best to try to build a winner. I agree. Now, and look, to be clear, I'm not saying that's what they're going to do. I'm right. just saying that I, I hope that's what they don't do. Now, to your question, is he going to get moves at the trade deadline? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think that a blockbuster happens at the trade deadline unless someone's available, right? Um, I mean, I think what the Rockets are trying to do is they're – luckily those Brooklyn Nets picks are starting to shoot up in draft stocks, draft stock because the Nets stink, right? right. Um, and that's their biggest asset. And then maybe you attach a Jalen Green. You try to flip that for a star. Um, but who's available, right? It's like DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and those aren't the types of guys. I would consider it a failure if you trade Jalen Green, who was previously compared to Zach Levine, for, you know, Jalen Green plus, like, draft picks or whatever for Zach Levine. I would consider that a failure. So I think what might be most likely is either, A, he gets moved in the offseason, or, B, uh, they send him to restricted free agency and try to retain him at a lower price and then flip him down the line. That's that's what I think. Rushi mentioned the word failure, and this is really about the, the season as a whole. 20 and 22 obviously have played worse the last 10 games or so, but still in the, in the fight for the play-in spot. I looked at this year as a success if there is, they're fighting for a play-in spot and the development of young players. It, certainly the Alpert Al Goon thing is a hit. The Jalen Green thing is a miss. Where At this point, what do you consider 
a success for this year when you combine wins plus development from guys like Thompson and others? Good question, man. Look, I mean, I think if they if they end the season basically where they are now, you know, 39-ish win pace uh, on the cusp of the plan, maybe they make the plan, I think that's a success. I mean, all preseason, um, you know, predictions had them. I think the over-under preseason was 31.5 wins, right? And they are on track to well exceed that. So I think it's a win. And they're doing it, you know, on the backs of, of these young guys carrying a lot of nights, right? Um, and, and when I look at, like, lately, I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, they're starting to flounder. You know, they're four and seven since Tari Eason went down. They're, I think they're three and six without Dylan Brooks, when, but he finally came back. So those two guys are two of your top five best players on the team. And the thing that's made this team this season has been defense, right? Um, and without those two guys, it totally zaps the Rockets of their ability to be versatile defensively. They got three long, strong defensive wings. Dylan Brooks doesn't have a long wingspan, but he's strong. Tari Easton, 7'2 wingspan. Jabari Smith, 7-foot wingspan. You miss two of those guys, guess what? You're going to lose games, especially when the guy's filling in off the bench. Uh, when your bench, even with Dylan Brooks healthy, the Rockets bench has consisted of two rookies, which, hey, they, they have nights where they play well, but in terms of winning basketball, they're going to be hit or miss on a, on a night-to-night basis. Amen Thompson, Cam Whitmore. You have Aaron Holiday, who is a career third-stringer journeyman. I like what he's brought to the team, but you can't over, over-rely on Holiday. Jeff Green, who's 37, and then Jay Sean Tate, who I'm just not the biggest fan of in terms of his play on the court. They still don't even have a backup center, by the way. Jack Landale has been kind of a bust, or yeah. has been a bust, right? So you put all that together. Um, and then you factor in that, hey, Alperin Shangun is making an all-star type season type campaign. Fred Van Vliet has mostly been what you paid for, same with Dylan Brooks. Jabari Smith has gone from zero to, hey, this guy's the shot's back. He's efficient. The defense is there. High-functioning role player. Um, and then you see how important Tari Eason is. So, so far, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think they're having a successful season if they continue on this path. Yeah, I am too. And I'm not I'm not going to be as worried about because I've I've seen, once you use the history of, of those around you, um, uh, I, I would go to the, the the Texans in 2010. I would go to the Astros in 15, 16. Like when you start to see some buildup, and even in losing seasons, you start to, you know, or, or seasons where you're not there, and you start to see, you can see the foundation is clearly coming together. Alperin way better than anyone could have imagined. Jabari is becoming the guy that they hope they would draft, and he's a great culture guy. Amin Thompson has flashed with his defense. Um, I don't know how they all fit together. Van Vliet feels kind of bridgy. Um, I think Dylan Brooks will be good for getting, you know, he's going to help impose the mindset of Ime Odoka. And, but there are still pieces, but I do feel like how do you bring these and get ingredients together to build the, you know, to bake the cake? I think that's going to be the question, but I like the ingredients. Like I like what I'm seeing from a lot of these players. And I think it's just a matter of one or two little smart moves can be everything. And before you know it, the Rockets are going to be a top five team in the West. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and, and look, what they need is additional star power. Cause I mean, let's be real. It's the NBA, right? The best players in the league. I mean, there's only five players on the court, right? So, so it carries a lot when you have the best players, they have Shingun who's starting to look like a star. Who's the other guy. That's the big question, right? Is he on the roster? Did they draft him or is it somebody they have to go externally get? I think it's the latter. I think it's someone they're going to have to bring in. I think they have some really nice, high-functioning role players, maybe borderline star with Jabari Smith. We'll see maybe borderline star with Amin Thompson if he's able to develop a few things. I think it'll take him a while to get to that level. Um, but in the meantime, how do they, you know, how do they find that star power? And I think it's going to come from trading those Brooklyn Nets picks 
and then attaching a couple assets, whether that's Jalen Green or whether that's, you know, I don't know which player. Maybe they do have to get rid of one of those guys they drafted to go upgrade and get a bona fide star. But I think that's how they go from being this, you know, fun, hard-playing team that can kind of flirt with 500 to, okay, this might be a top 518 in the NBA. Roosh, outside of something seismic, like, I mean, you talked about the the lack of likelihood of trading Jalen Green. Do you foresee a, a scenario where if they're fully healthy and they're still fighting for a play-in, that a lineup change happens where we go, okay, uh, this is 60 games of this, enough of we're giving Jalen Green automatically 30 minutes no matter what, unless it's a blowout. Do you foresee something where he comes out of the lineup? Now, people talk about how closing matters more, but I think benching your third-year top-five pick guards would mean something as far as a message. Can you foresee that happening? You know, that's an interesting question. Um, do I foresee that happening? Potentially. I know the Rockets, so I've been told that, hey, this year's all about data. We're still working with lineups. We're still figuring out what we've got. At the same time, that competes with the goals of Ime Odoka, right? And Ime Odoka wants to win games and try to make the playoffs. He has said that he's never missed the playoffs as a coach. Um, and then, obviously, Jalen Green gets benched, like you said, right? So I think at some point, it could happen. Um, the numbers are bad with Jalen Green, right? The team is worse with Jalen Green on the floor when you're looking at the net rating. So it's almost like for some of these games, they're spending a quarter, they're spending a first half just trying to get Jalen Green going, and they're digging a hole, right? They'll go down 5, 10, 15, trying to get Jalen going. Then they'll bench him. Then they'll make the comeback, and who knows if they end up pulling the comeback off. At some point, you can't keep doing that for the rest of the season. So um, I, I, Ime Udoka is a no-nonsense guy, so I could see him doing it. Um, but but the trick is that the options for replacing him are tough, right? Do you, do you try to run Tari Eason as the two guard and take some you know some power off your bench? Do you plug Cam Whitmore in? Do you think he's ready? Um, those would be the two questions. Personally, my, my opinion is that Cam Whitmore's ability to catch and shoot from three and his athleticism and strength to be able to close out if somebody uh, or to, to be able to attack a closeout if somebody closes out on him from three are both superior to Jalen Green, as is right now, and would both make the team better if he started. That's my opinion. That's Roosh Williams. You can follow him at Roosh Williams on Twitter, uh, host of State of the Rockets and Rockets Watch podcasts. And uh, Roosh, man, we appreciate it. Uh, he's a good follow, talks a lot of Rockets as the game is going on, and isn't just like has good opinion, good basketball discussions. I think you you engage in good basketball discussions around the Rockets. And for the first time, you know, John and I talked about the parallels. I know you're a sports fan in general. Between the Rockets and the Texans, Texans went in one direction. Rockets haven't been able to build on it this year so far. But I do think both those organizations are headed in the right direction. So overall, eh, they may not be where you want them to in the standings right now, but I think they're heading in the right direction for sure. Yeah, and I appreciate that, Lance. Thank you, man. Yeah, I mean, to, to kind of wrap it up with your with your first question about the narrative, my narrative is, What's best for the Rockets? You know, I don't. I mean, I don't care if these guys we drafted stick around, or I don't have agendas with any players. I just want to see the Rockets get back to being good. Hopefully, Shingun is that CJ Stroud esque type of piece, but obviously, CJ Stroud is on you know just an, another level than I, I think anyone would have thought. So, so we'll see what the trajectory is for that team. Yep. Thanks, Roosh. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. See, Roosh just said right there, it's we over me. That's how I. But am, that's so not how you operate. I'm a we over you me just, guy. You just tried to finesse. I'm a we your, over me. You guy. just tried to finesse your way into a job where you do no work and get paid. Yeah, but that's different. That's how, not. No, it's no, it's not. It's me over we again. No, we isn't. I would have, I would have sliced you off a piece of cake to come. No, you wouldn't write have. some of those numbers down <laughs> when your hand got. You could have stayed. When your hand you got stayed, strained. and I'd say, Dell, 
write these numbers on the spreadsheet. Start at number 27. Three, he would, three, he would two, never. three. He would and never. I slice you off a little slice he would of cake. Never. And I wasn't even talking I'd about that. I'd give you a piece of cake. I was talking about the general we of you ruining people's uh, dr- status by just not working and writing a number down. I wasn't we talk- over me. I wasn't talking about me making any money because, once again, I'm we over me. It's we over me is how I live my life. And if that involves doing another job where I rate portal guys on a scale of one, two, three without doing a whole lot of work, it doesn't mean I'm not that I'm Lance, a me I, guy. That means that I'm being inclusive with because all my friends like you, I'd find y'all I'm not work your too. friend. I'd find y'all work too. John, Lance, you are you are not inclusive. I am not your friend, but I will say this: there may not be an I in team, but there is one in win. So that's what that's that's the philosophy I follow. Well, there's also no I in Maestro Nobel. No, there's not. And there is a me in Maestro Nobel. Yeah, there is a there is a me in Maestro Nobel because me like it. And I am going to drink Maestro Nobel, and I am going to suggest you drink Maestro Nobel. It's a tequila that has been uh, properly aged from an ingredient standpoint, a flavor profile standpoint. It's the best. It's distilled to be the best. It's aged to be the best. The process is the best. And they, it's a tequila that is a top-shelf tequila at a very reasonable price. And Maestro Nobel is something that I want you to try because whether you're just having margaritas and I suggest they're, they're silver or they're smoke silver. Uh, if you're somebody who loves a sipping tequila, that is going to be um, an Añejo, uh, a Reposado, or the Cristalino. Or maybe, I also think the Reposado is really great for different cocktails as well. You can just Google Reposado cocktails, and they'll give you some different things to try. But grab a bottle of Maestro Dobel, whatever you're going to grab. Make sure it's on your shelf. Try it for yourself. I think you'll be blown away. Take a picture of the bottle. You holding it, send it to me on Twitter. I always share it with the people from Maestro Nobel, and I want to hear what you think of that tequila if you're a big tequila fan. It's Maestro Nobel. Wherever fine liquors are sold, Maestro Nobel. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pump it up. Come on, Digna. It's too small for the both of us. No, it isn't. Jump on, man. I'll give you a pump. One is currently studying the Daily Dew Point for the next four weeks. The other is mulling over new acceptable ways to say the E-word. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's John and Lance. 9.22, and uh, it's official. Brian Callahan is going to be the new head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Here are the jobs left, NFL jobs. Carolina. Washington, Atlanta Chargers. Here's how it's shaping up. Jim Harbaugh is already past the financial discussions. He will be the next head coach of the Chargers. I expect that to be named within a day or two. By the way, former Chargers GM Tom Telesco was hired by the Raiders for that same position. I would say Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel potentially with, I guess Ben Johnson's been mentioned there as well, and Atlanta. Yep, Atlanta. Washington. Could be a Ben Johnson. I guess Sloak would have the best chance there. Um, or Carolina, which I don't think Carolina's a bad spot. You wait it out with the Texans. You don't take that job. And that one could be Mike Vrabel. So the the big four right now are Vrabel, Belichick, Harbaugh, and Ben Johnson. It's not going to be Bobby Sloak, I don't think, is going to be inside the quote-unquote big four unless somebody wants to go, unless they want to pass on Belichick or Belichick passes on them. Harbaugh is going to be, but would somebody hire? Would somebody hire uh, Bobby Slowick over Mike Vrabel? I don't think so. 
to run an entire team. Yeah, he's the the hot offensive name, but to run a team is way different than calling plays. If you want way different. the Shanahan juice, he's next in line. If you are if you are mystified and and mesmerized by that by that name and that and those offenses and success those coordinators and assistants have had, you make the hire. Variable is variable would be maybe unfair to him, but he's a retread at this point. Now, some people think he should have been fired at Tennessee, but he was, and you are redo. You are bringing someone back who just lost their job, as opposed to the guy with no none of those scars. He's got the hot quarterback. He comes from a system that produces, and unlike the Belichick tree, the Shanahan tree wins games when you hire those guys. They do, but being a head coach is this is the same thing Mike McDaniel had. Yeah, had that's to deal true. With. No, he, we're gonna find some pluses and minuses. And the only and the only and the only team that interviewed him was the Dolphins. Like, like probably a lot of people kind of felt like you did. He's kind of a quirky dude, although Sloak's a different guy, but McDaniel's a quirky I didn't know dude. How, I didn't know how, how could he lead and all that stuff. And When it goes bad, it's going to go spectacularly bad because people will run all over. Like, I don't think they want to have an Antonio Brown on the team. Of course, nobody does. Nobody but, wants that. But Mike McDaniel, it, it's true. He's a great offensive mind. He's been good over there. The players love him. Um, he his goal was, but his personality is probably a little. I can't imagine Bobby Sloak has the same. Personality I don't think it, as Mike like I said, McDaniel. they're different guys. Mike McDaniel's said, I, "I'm this five nine guy who played at Yale. I'm not going to win them over by anything other than showing him, showing them my expertise, and showing them I can put them in the best position to succeed." Because all that raw raw stuff probably hip hop. <laughs> okay, all that raw raw stuff probably not going to be my bag. I got to show them when they play for me. I'm going to give them their best chance to do great things, and that's how he sold sold himself in the product. Bobby Sloak, I don't know what his what his how what his selling point would be to the to the guys in the locker room, other than hey, um, see what I did with CJ? I'll do that for you too. That's what his selling point is. Yes. Yeah, I just um, I don't know. I just once again, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. To me, if Washington and and now Washington, you do to me Carolina. There's no chance I take Carolina. There's too many holes, and I'm not sure I buy into the owner. Washington, okay, you got second pick of the draft. That's a sellable point to Bobby Slowick. But why would Washington not go with Ben Johnson? That's why I don't think Bobby Slowick's going to be only, back. The only thing you guys need to stop with your uppity Bobby Slowick talk, <laughs> your phone calls, calling him uppity and being cocky. Well, hold on, yeah, and saying that Bobby Slowick's going to take all the the commander's job isn't taken yet, and Bobby Slowick has an in. A guy from San Francisco is running that thing right now. Yeah, Adam Peters. Yeah. Yep. So he has the in. I don't know if he's a favorite over Ben Johnson or someone else, but he probably has a guy. I'm not trying to have him leave this year, though. I I, I understand. But you keep tossing away the commander's job like he doesn't have a guy who he knows making a decision. It's true. To stay inside the Niners way of doing things, that is something to keep an eye on. Um, And that was a guy, Adam Peters, that most people around football thought would be the new GM of the, uh, the Texans. They thought he would come over, Nick would be gone, he would take over with D'Amico Ryans. And you know what? If Brevin Jordan, if Christian Harris, if uh, if the, the C.J. Stroud, if these things don't pan out, Nick is gone. Yeah. And guess what? Nick now now may be executive of the year this year, and he's got a lot of juice. And, you know, and can, well, I don't know about how much juice in the building, but congratulations to Nick. He's done a... You know, he's done a nice job. I think from a culture standpoint, I, I, I don't think that's Nick. I mean, I think that's obviously D'Amico Ryans. But in terms of building a roster, Nick's done a nice job. And so he shouldn't lose his job. The lone, he survi- the lone survivor of, of... The lone survivor of he who's been touched by the hand of Jack Easterby. Easterby. Yes, definitely. Yeah, the, he's the one the lone, who survived. 
he's the only one. Brandon Cook's gone. Everyone else is finally, you've cleared all that stuff out. Ryan, let's get Ryan before we get to a break. What's up, Ryan? Hey, good morning, Gary. Love this person every day. Uh, got a, I want you to elaborate a little bit, Lance, if you don't mind, on why the Panthers' job is so bad. And I know on paper it seems like it because they were a disaster in the owner and they have no first-round pick, but... I mean, they do got players like Jeremy Chen and Brian Burns and J.C. Horn, and they've got the number one overall pick quarterback. I just don't think they've gotten a fair shake to see the talent out of them. And I'm just trying to understand why people think that job is going to be so bad. You know, right away it might look rough, but over the next couple of years, you could see that team shake out a little bit more once they get through this. Well, hold on. Let me ask you this. Brian through, Burns so. a free agent this year, right? Brian Burns is uh, an unrestricted free agent, so... That's one of my concerns I would have. And to me, they, they've got to re-up with him. I know J.C. is a good player. He's been hurt. I'll, I'll keep you on the line just for a second. To me, it starts with two things. Your left tackle has been a bust, and you can move uh, you can move him down inside the guard where I thought he probably should have been anywhere, and I think he could be, end up being a good guard. So you're going to have to figure out offensive line. You have a small quarterback. That was never going to change. And I had a good grade on him. I like Bryce Young. My biggest concern, Ryan, is the owner. The owner is a wild card. Clearly, he's a wild card. Frank Reich, you got a year, not even a year. This is a guy who I just, I, I would be very concerned about working for Dave Tepper. Uh, Dave Tepper went out publicly and was talking about C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young and how they were going to have a trade and they were going to trade back. Like, I, I, I don't think it's a great job because of who you have to work for. And I've been told by, by coaches and GMs before, make sure you find the right owner in the right market and the only reason well, I say that say is that past Cal McNair was bad. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, but Cal get... McNair's not. Here's the thing with Cal. Cal's terrible to have if the building's bad because he can't clean up the building. If things are going good, Cal stays out of your way. Do you do you do you think that's the case with Tepper? Does Tepper as a? I assume you're a Panther fan. Does it bother you that? No. Tepper, okay. All right. Well, just as a he football goes, don't, fan, don't slander me with yeah, that. As uh, a, as a football fan, and we're just having a football discussion. The throwing the drink out of the box in Jacksonville, the running out and dropping f bombs right before he fired. Uh, I, I just I don't. Cal's know. a neutral. Cal's like tofu. Like he'll absorb whatever. He's but he's not going to add anything. He's not going to no. take anything away. Tepper is a negative. That's what my concern would be, Ryan. Is that I don't know if that's the guy you want to have if your roster and you do have some issues with roster still. You do have some things. That yeah, is I'm very not saying true. you're. I, and what, I think one more thing needs to be noted. If you look at their open cap space, I think it's 2026 or 27. They're going to have the most in the entire NFL. I think that plays something into a factor. And that owner will spend money. Yeah, he'll spend money. He's a little kooky, but. He's a lot kooky, but some of that money is going to have to go to Brian Burns, one of the players that you recognize. And honestly, trading away your top receiver to me hurts. So you got a wide receiver issue. You trade away your best running back. You do have some draft picks, but you gave up. Another thing that makes it not super appealing you is have, you gave up a first rounder this year. Yeah, you don't have a chance of getting yeah. the talent. Yes, it hurts. Uh, but to his point, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the same deal. But the Texans were considered an awful organization. Then yeah. They made, then they made the right hire, coach, and obviously the problem for the Panthers is you have to hope that Bryce Young in year two can be somewhat near C.J. Stroud in your, what C.J. Stroud was in year one, and it, it can flip the script. But it feels like an uphill battle, particularly because. The Bryce Young thing was ugly, and you have to hope you can find someone to make make whatever, like you said, your positive about him come C. out. Because your one was not good. C.J. Stroud got everybody fired in Carolina. 
Yeah, missing make on no him, mistake, yeah. you missed on him. And I don't know who pushed for Young over Stroud. You know, there's going to be a rewriting of history in all these different buildings about who. I actually like Stroud. Not no. I mean, a lot of people. It was it was C.J. Stroud had the one game against Georgia where he looked special. And guess what? That version has been the guy who played this year in the league. Bryce Young looked like a little guy who didn't have a big arm who was on a team with not a lot of help. So that is going to, and anybody who takes over, you better get Bryce better and you better get it right away because that owner, you can tell, is already getting pissy about Bryce Young. And your entire job is to get Bryce fixed. That's why I don't know if he would go with Mike Vrabel as a defensive coach. But if you do, you better find the right offensive mind. I just can't believe we're in a position here where we're not worrying about, I don't want to lose our offense coordinator. Whoever thought somebody from the Texans would get hired would be coveted for other head coaching jobs right away. That seems impossible. And that tofu owner, as you said, I've never heard Cal, Cal McNair associated with tofu. I mean, it's, never. Not, it's not insulting. Tofu, like I said, it's just... I got it. I thought it was like, eh, you know, Dell's it's right. Just, it's absorbs. He absorbs mushrooms things. Too. What about mushrooms? I don't like fungus, so no, I'm out of mushrooms. But uh, but Cal just absorbs. He's not gonna. He's not gonna get in the way. But I'm sure if everything, if all the ingredients are great, Cal's just hey, soak it all in. That's all Cal is. Yeah, but he's not gonna make. He's things, not gonna make things better. He's not gonna make things worse. Well, he no. made it worse by not being able to step in and stop the the carnage from the red wedding of the O'Briens. Say, give you their regards or whatever. <laughs> like that was that was not good as they went around knifing everyone the in the O'Bri- organization. The, the, the and O'Briens Cal- get. We'll yeah, Cal couldn't stand and they, up and to it. The O'Briens always pay their debts, or not. But that's what the Lannisters did when they killed you. We always pay our debts by murdering you. The McNairs always no. Hannah McNair stepped in. Yeah, who's Hannah? Is she ser- is she? Uh, she's not not serious. Not seriously. Is she? Uh, she's probably who's more, the redhead girl? It's probably Sansa. Because Sansa at points was oh, Sansa's a terrible character. We remember Hannah asleep at in Soldier Field, and then all of, sudden, all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, Hannah or Sansa became. Became a badass. Yeah. At the end. So just saying. Yeah, I, I can't I can't quite call her the You can't call her girl. Arya. Yeah, she's not Arya. She's not that menacing, no. No. Arya's yeah. Well, maybe I don't well, we don't know if she's if she's knifing people in the background. Maybe she is Arya. Maybe, maybe No, but she got rid of like she pulled remember who got their their throat cut by the mini face when she learned how to do the mini face god move when she <laughs> cut the the throat off of the or cut the head off or the neck of whatever his name was. Who was that guy? Walter Frey. Walter Frey. He's, yeah. She slit his throat. Remember she slit his she, throat? No, what she did, she fed him his sons and then slit his throat. I mean, I, I'm not saying Hannah's gone that far with that's Jack why, That's why I gave her Sansa. Yeah, but maybe Who's she her? did. Maybe she, or maybe she has a hatchet man that she gets people, that gets the, the job done. She instructs the hatchet man. I don't know. I just know that the McNair family drama right now that's kind of in the background oh yeah that There's is, be that, some is scraps. Of, that is game of thrones there's gonna be some scraps going on there too 935 uh we'll have our last segment then we'll have i guess we'll do a news of the weird i got some things i got a few things so we'll break it right here uh you're listening to the bench starring lancer line and a special feature by dell as it's we not me on ESPN 97.5. But it's starring you. But it stars me. Featuring me. But it's really we. It's about we. <laughs> no, but it it's can't mostly... be we if it's starring you featuring yeah, me. Yeah, but featuring Dell's on the feature. Mm. But it's we, not me. The... ESPN 97.5 on YouTube. Dog Show. How much weight do you think I could bench press? Just make a guess. Ballpark figure. No. 
Now that we're all back nestled in between John and Lance in the Veritex Community Bank Studios, let's try not to make it creepy this time, okay? Eyes up here. It's John and Lance. Hey, we haven't even mentioned this yet. Something super weird happened yesterday. And On this show? No, in life. Okay. And it was Adrian Griffin, the head coach of Milwaukee, was fired. In his first year, he's got a 30-13 and 13 record. The Bucks are second in the East, although it doesn't feel like they're having a great year. But they're 30-13. and 13. Remember, they added Dame Lillard in the offseason. They've got designs on winning a championship. They've gotten close, haven't gotten there. 30-13, and 13, he gets fired. They cited the breakdown defensively. The Bucks have not been a good defensive team. Um, they're already trying to, they got to find a new head coach. They've got an interim, but they got to find a head coach. looks like Doc Rivers may end up being that guy. And Doc has had some success in the NBA, although he also famously comes up short, which is why they got rid of Mike Budenholzer, who was a good coach, but he, they couldn't quite get there. So they get rid of him. Nick Nurse, a good coach. They couldn't quite win. They got rid of, uh, uh Toronto ended up getting rid of, uh, him. And he's now in Philly. And he's now in Philly. What are your, uh, um, the players must have turned on him, right? It yeah. can't just be management. Yeah, it's uh I mean the comments publicly by Giannis were pretty clear that something was off. He talked about their not having a system defensively and giving up everything, whether it be wide open threes, points to the paint. They didn't stop anything, they gave up everything, their defense slipped, and um whether it be offensive play calling, there there was talk that offensive sets, so there was talk that on the sideline during timeouts the assistants were doing the work. Um, Agent Griffin was asking them what to do for people for people who were sitting courtside were hearing that. So once he lost a star player who who pushed for him, it was over, and they decided this. If is, he didn't know basketball enough to do that, how did he get in that role? Agent Griffin, yeah, he was an assistant with Nick Nurse, and I guess. But you didn't learn more basketball. I don't know. I I just know that the Bucks who I know you played too. The, the but- Bu- yeah, certainly the Bucks who went all in to to get Dame and dump in Drew, Drew Holiday, who was part of their, their title team, decided this wasn't good enough. They saw they saw a train coming. They saw probably another disappointing early exit despite the offensive firepower and said, let's let's do this now. And, of course, the ironic thing is you're going to hire Doc, Doc Rivers, who hasn't been past the second round since when? Like, oh, my God. Like, he, he been... in Philly, he never got past it. We know, we know about the Clippers' disappointments, uh, blowing leads. Fort. No, like yeah, around. 15? Well, the Clippers made a. The Clippers couldn't make a conference finals because they blew a three-one lead to the Rockets with Doc Rivers being the the head coach. I think the Clippers were in the second round. Um, I think they were in there fifteen. I think because there was a lot of talk. I remember about. Well, was the, he even the Clippers? He was. Was he the Clippers coach? Oh, you know what? He may not have been. So it's been a lot of Doc Rivers since the Celtics years of underperforming, and. The Bucks, if he is their leading candidate, just decided we're going to dump Bud because he got knocked out, knocked out by Jimmy in the Heat in round one last year. We can't have that. We're going to hire an inexperienced coach. He loses the locker room. We can't have that. So we're going to hire Doc Rivers, a perennial underachiever and second-round exit guy, and see how it plays I out. Give, you know what? I give the Bucks credit for this. It's, it's never a good look to hire a coach for a year or less than a year. Frank Reich, they got rid of him before the season was over. I think there's some panicky things, and then I think there's some things where, like, we screwed this up. This guy isn't isn't ready to be a head coach, and we've got to win now. I mean, we have Giannis. We have Dame. 
let's not take this chance. Let's at least give ourselves a legit chance. And to clear up the timeline, you're right. Doc Rivers was a Clipper head coach from 13 to 20. And then he took over immediately with the Sixers, but those Clipper teams never made it. No. Never made it to a conference title. The conference last, title, but they made second round. The second last round. conference title or the last conference finals. Conference final, yes. Uh, appearance for a Doc Rivers coach team was 2012 Boston. Yeah, so the Boston years. Since then, it's been those talented Clippers teams that never got over the hump. And I, I highlighted their close, their best chance when they blew it to the Rockets, and then in Philadelphia losing in the second round over and over again, including last year, had a 3-2 lead on the Celtics and blew that one. So, But the Bucks were like, hey, let's let's hire the guy who never lives up to expectations and see if it works out for us. I don't mind getting rid of Adrian Griffin. You do what you got to do. You listen to your your star player. To, when you got Dame, he said, go get a guy. He You listen to him with the head coach, and now you listen to him now. That's something you have to do. But, can, you be a, can, you be, can you be a strong Focal point coach like Udoka anymore, and yeah, be depends, and, and 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 win at the highest level depends on your backing. Like Spolster can be that in Miami because Pat Riley says, "Shut up, listen to him." Doesn't matter. Spolster's a rare, yeah. It, the, and he and he wasn't that guy when he had the no, but uh, it, the big three. Well, LeBron wanted him out in year one when they started off like nine and eight or eight and nine, whatever the record was. And and Pat Riley said, "Shut up, listen to him." And then yeah. and all of a sudden, LeBron was like, "Oh, okay." And then eventually LeBron got tired of it and left after four seasons. Popovich is never going to get there. No. But you can. and You can, but you have to have the backing of an organization who says, if you're playing for us, you're buying in, and this is our guy. Like, Ime Doka's at a point where no Rocket has had any success, at least like the prominent Rockets, so they, they don't have the stroke. They he don't have the, the stroke. Juice. Okay, what about the Warriors? Was there ever a time that you feel like, was Steve Kerr on the same level as his players? The Warriors hadn't accomplished anything until Steve Kirk no, I there. know, I know. I'm not. I'm not saying he didn't, but did he have enough juice to? I think he did because they have nice guy. They have nice guy stars. He's look. Yeah, Steve Kerr was fortunate to have guys who weren't going to cause those type of issues, unless your name is Draymond. And they and they said we're going to suffer through Draymond because of what he brings on the floor. Up until he became this version, who isn't as good as he was, but even now he's been so entrenched that they're they're going to just deal with it. Steve Kerr was fortunate that way, but I guess if you're talking about a new coach now, talk. And he has a star player on the f- team. No chance. No, you can't be. You can't be the strongest voice in a locker room because if you cross the star, you're out. Yeah, and it's not like it's not brand new. No, I mean most stars didn't push that, but Jordan did, and Magic Johnson did his first year in league. So I mean, it's 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 happened before. It's you, not. It's yeah, not if you brand want new. the strong will coach, you have to bring him players who, as we say, like to be coached hard and are fine with it. So, a lot of NBA players aren't. Some are. And it goes from the organization top down because if the if the player can run up to someone else and go, hey, I ain't really feeling this guy, then then it changes the dynamic and that coach will be gone. It's not just a coach thing; it's an organization from I got owner another, down. I got another sports thing for you. Um, and this Jordan was, or LeBron? No, no, no. We're oh. not doing Jordan LeBron. Damn, you're kind of uniquely suited for this because you're big into both of these: uh, Netflix and professional wrestling. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> big into wrestling. What are you talking about? I don't watch. I wrestling. love putting you on professional wrestling. I haven't watched wrestling. So somebody watches a lot of Raw and professional no. wrestling. They did a five billion dollar deal. I Netflix saw that. did a five billion dollar deal to stream Raw live. Does that sound insane to you? I mean, 
Netflix, I assume, knows what they're doing. Everyone's been waiting for them to get into sports. Man, they're just going to make the, the subscription fee $35 a month. For what? I'm not watching Raw. There better Don't be, run me out of here. There, be, this there is better be a, a Raw tier. Mistake. There better be a, a Monday yeah. Night Raw tier where you up elevate you for, for people Raw. who want to watch. Don't you put this on my ass. I, don't you put wrestling phrasing. on my on – my, yeah. Phrasing. Don't you put – don't – yeah, correct yourself. Clean yeah, that up. Don't you put this fee structure on my ass. <laughs> Involving wrestling, I don't want to watch wrestling. I'm not getting charged for. Raw. I don't want to pay extra for wrestling. That I'm not better be charged for Raw. that'll be better be a tier because if it ain't, I'm out. Yeah, they're gonna lose a lot of people if they do that. And I saw they added like 13 million new users. Like they, they were all, there was a lot of excitement that they added a bunch of new users in their quarterly. Uh-huh. I guess their stock probably went up. But I saw the wrestling deal for five billion, and I'm like, dude, pro wrestling got a an NBA type deal. Right in that, like, I don't know how much NBA goes for, but five billion feels like an insane yeah. number for I, professional wrestling streaming on. I'm Netflix. gonna be real. I haven't watched wrestling since Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler were walking around, and I wasn't watching it for the wrestling. Yeah, so, you weren't watching it for so wrestling. I'm out. I don't care. Uh, Netflix, watch yourself. I mean, Stranger Things is going to be gone by that point. Yeah. You better watch. Don't yourself. just think this is a huge flex that you think wrestling is going to carry your subscription yeah. base. But of course, maybe they're. Better than me. I mean, I'm trying to work on a fledgling uh, portal business where I get to put a one, two, or three next to people, and they've built a streaming platform. Yeah, started maybe with, they're better they than you. They basically beat, they ran Blockbuster out of business. Maybe they're better than you. Yeah, but at some point, every model fails. Yeah, and if, it, if wrestling jacks that up to like 35 bucks a month, it, it, lose. It, it'll fail me. I'm done. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have that in my queue right now. Not at I all. I just finished the show we gotta go about to break. the Australian kids, so. I'm on to Oppenheimer. I'm watching Oppenheimer now. I got to catch up in, on my like Oscar in twenty movies. at what twenty minutes at a time, like you normally do. Yeah, there's no way I can watch Oppenheimer <laughs> the whole thing. I don't have three free. That's hours. not how movies are supposed to be watched. I know. That's why I stream nine forty eight. We'll break it right here. News of the word coming up next. Want to tell you about Underdog Fantasy? Underdog Fantasy is a chance for you to watch NBA basketball, follow along as it's going on, and play the game with them. And how can you do that? Well, here's how you do it. Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game is the best way to do that. It's a fantasy game, but you can win real money. Uh, you just pick between two and five players, and then you pick whether or not the stats, like you pick and choose which stat you want to look at for a player, and you go higher or lower than the stat they have listed. So you're choosing higher or lower based on your analysis and your work, and this is, as I mentioned, a fantasy game where you can win real money, and it's completely legal right here in the state of Texas. It makes watching the Rockets that much more fun. Make sure that you download the app. Super easy to use. Great interface. Use promo code Lance on your first deposit. You can start as low as $10 and then go as high as you want, but don't match up to $100 of your first deposit. And when you make that first deposit and use promo code Lance, they're going to give you a special pick of higher than 0.5 total yards or total points or whatever. So they're basically giving you a free winner right there. But you have to pick five on that special contest, and you will have a chance to win 100 times uh, your original play. This is a great opportunity. Do not miss out on this special pick. It's a great way to watch the games and have fun. Must be 18 or older and president of state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 800-GAMBLER or go to ncpgambling.org. ESPN 97.5.com Tiger Friendly Radio. About an hour ago we had an incident where one of the employees stuck their arm through the cage and a tiger tore her arm off. I can give you your money back or I can give you a rain check. Time now for news of the weird with John and Lance. Weird. 
John and Lance Weird. News of the Weird. News. News. All right. News of the Weird. When you think of uh, the most hardcore coaches out there, the most discipline-oriented coaches out there in the NFL, who do you think of? I would think Mike Tomlin. Yep. Formerly Bill Belichick. When there he was it still is. A head coach. Bill Belichick. That's what makes this story a little bit unusual. Ty Law, a former cornerback for New England, was on with Dan uh, was on with Dan um, Patrick. Patrick on the Dan Patrick show, and he said, "He said, did you ever drink like during games or uh, or before during games?" He said, "No, I never did that, but we did it in practice." Mike Vrabel used to have a flask. So we would all go to Vrabel and hit the flask. He had some whiskey or something. I was a coffee guy. He had everyone else getting a flask. Back then, we used to have to drive to drive to practice before the beautiful Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. We were driving over there with helmets and shoulder pads on, just being silly. And hell yeah, we were taking drinks in the car. Coach Parcells, Pete, when we were over in other practice facility, it was going down on that little five-minute drive, especially when it was cold outside. So I guess it so, was Parcells and Bell. So I thought he said Pete. Oh, that's Pete Carroll. Yeah. So oh, Bill Belichick, Belichick would got never. There, yeah. They were drinking before oh, Bill Belichick got there. Oh, you can drink there. with Pete Carroll. Oh, yeah. That's not a big deal. Well, I mean, NFL players drinking before practice Remember seems Pete Carroll not great. Pretended seems th- not great to throw a human body off the- at USC. Every, yeah. every, the lovable Pete Carroll when he pretended when he pranked his t- t- his team college age was- team by someone committing suicide, I guess, or murdering someone. Was that the prank? Like, look, I'm killing this guy. Is that the prank? Yeah, but it was a funny prank. It was a really you funny prank. You can't get prank. away with that yeah, now. Those teams are good. Those teams are good. Hey, yeah. What inspired them? Kept was them loose. Lindale yeah, White yeah, keep it loose. The, hey, yeah. at any point, hey, coach might throw us off a roof. Alaska bourbon keeps it loose. Dwayne I'm telling Jarrett you right now. Hey, it all. You better run that route at the Pacific specific Del, depth Del, or uh, I'm going to get thrown off a roof. Sean, were you a, were you a problem as a, a teen? Were you a... Did you, you problem don't strike child? me as a guy? No, you seem like you're pretty easy for your parents. Do you think yes, I was? I was very easy. For I don't think you were. I was not a problem. Child. Okay, but do you know? Do you guys know? Somebody My brother who was, was a, a problem child. Has, has been documented. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you know somebody who was a big yeah. problem, Sean? Yes, I do. Well, in Provo, Utah, a teen is in troubled waters after he was arrested for allegedly taping fish to ATMs, a police car, and other areas around Provo and Orem. Now, isn't this the most Provo, Utah? Taping this, fish to ATMs? Hey, guess what, guys? I'm going to tape some fish to <laughs> What? Well, no, no. It's going to be hilarious. I'm going to tape fish. Here he is. This one, here's a picture of I'm Del. looking at the fish. He taped the fish is that who a had a cigarette in his mouth. Okay. Yep. Taped the okay, fish with a cigarette I, I in his mouth. Like that. This is what hooligans and vandals do. In, this is uh, at another That's one. That's multiple fish. fish. You think the Cougs saw fish on the ATM? When Here he is, after taping they beat fish. BYU last night? Houston beat BYU, and on their bus... Fish was taped to it. <laughs> That's a lot. With it, with cheese that's in it. It's like what someone who doesn't know what pranks are would think a prank is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take some something fish. Crazy. I'm going to go out and buy some fish and tape it to a cop car. So that kid got in big trouble. Now, <laughs> Burger King, are you a fan of Burger King? I haven't Bill? been in years. No. Well, you might want to go now. And I may want to have, tomorrow we may want to have somebody order at Burger King live on can, the air. Speaking so of can, news of the weird, Lance is operating. The final segment of the show with one shoe on and one shoe off. Why are you? Oh, yeah. Why is one shoe on and one shoe off? It's just kind of my move. Like when like, Derek Chivas used to have a. Why, uh, why are you airing out your left foot? Control? What you doing? No, I just this why feels he, right. He's airing out his left foot only. It just feels it just feels right right okay. now. Okay, get some stretches in. All right. Uh, I may have one of you guys order Burger King live because here's why: Burger King employees are now required to say "You rule" 
and offer a crown to every customer yeah, regardless of age. <laughs> I'm not going. Employees of the fast food chain are required to offer every customer a crown regardless of age and what is ordered. They also have to say, you rule, according to Bloomberg. It is reportedly an effort to boost the, the scores of franchises after the company announced that it is offering expansion opportunities to the highest scores. Say it's a guy who's like 38 years old, no kids in a car, and I got to say to him, do you want a crown? You can't help but smile when you say that. And he can't help but laugh back, said Deborah Derby, the chief executive officer. Let me tell you something. The last person, oh, the CEO says, he can't. I can't help but smile, and he can't help from laugh. You will never have to say that to anyone, CEO. You never have to do that. You don't know what the, the people who have you to ask the, it, you and did, you don't want to hear that if you're driving if through. If you're, you're trying to get a Whopper. You rule. You, and the person in the drive-thru yells at you, you rule. Like, Chick-fil-A does it right. If you say thank you after your order, they go, my pleasure. That's nice. That's fine. But they don't yell at me. You know why they, she's doing it? Why? Because, quote, it forces that extra two minutes of engagement. Two minutes? You're you not, want to talk about not knowing what? your... Who I'm wants here for a Whopper extra- fries. What I want engagement if, for? If I'm in the window working, I don't want to talk two minutes. No. If I'm outside the window getting, I don't want to talk for two minutes about... So tell me about the you rule thing and what's with what's the crowd. Hey, this is funny. I'm here for. I can't help but laugh. It's food. Give me my fries and let me go home. What are we yeah. doing? You rule is more than just a marketing campaign. <laughs> "Quote: It impacts every guest touch point, including in restaurant experience, where we encourage team members to spread the joy that you rule embodies every chance they get." My first. Whether, qu- see, this person is also my from first Utah. question because you can get away with this in Utah. <laughs> my first question is, ma'am, was the last time you've taken an order? Yeah. When's the last time? When's the last time you've been in your own restaurant? When's the last time you were on Twitter and saw what happens at rest at drive-throughs? You want it goes down at drive-throughs. Do you want People what? jump through windows to or they, fight, or they pull the person out they of the pull window. Pull the person out of the window. You, better, you rule. Ah! <laughs> Here's your crown. Get choked with it. What's that supposed to mean? No, it's actually you, a crown. No. Do you want a crown? What? What are you? What are you talking about? I'm. I'm forcing a, I'm, two I'm extra minutes of engagement. A, a paper crown on your head. You want a crown? I mean, CEO. Just tell me you're from. Just tell me you're from. You're Utah putting Provo on her from, again. That's a Provo move. Where you think people want engagement and want to smile about stuff food. like that? This not at a fast food restaurant. We don't live in Utah, man. People don't smile in the real world. All people, right. Speaking of not smiling, thanks for uh, coming in, Dell, and sitting. Next I was to me. here anyway. What do you think for I coming know. in? This is my job. Sean, thanks for you coming in. It's Lance Zerline featuring Dell. It's We Not Me right here on ESPN 97.5. Coming up in the We Not Me, a single show named Paul Gallant. Do I want, do I want to talk? Do you want me to talk about anything else? Okay, we're done. ESPN 97.5 on YouTube. Dracula Flow. I'm Dracula. I'm 12 million years old. I have more perks than there are stars in the Leo Cluster. Bye, bitch.